Here in Central Florida, I am your host, Steve Elkins, and this is Off the Beaten Path. Today's date is December 17, 2023. But a full week of news and sound bites, and news is being passed off as real news, much of which I would call the fake news. The time to be vocal is now. Silence is implied consent. Please visit the RBN website for great resource articles for provocative insight and share what you have learned. Go to republicbroadcasting.org. My email address is off the beaten path, Steve at gmail.com. Our call-in number is 512-248-8252. Well, you know, it's funny um, how the media, especially the Weather Channel, will pick up a story and uh, make a, st- a story out of really nothing. We have a storm coming down here through Florida. And uh, it's not a big deal, right? Um, Some rain, heavy rain at times, which is pretty much kind of standard, natural for around here. And uh, 25-mile-an-hour winds, and my mother texts me and says, are you ready and prepared for the big storm? What's the big storm? The big storm, you know, Weather Channel's talking about. Of course, they're hyping it up. This is is not really news. This is not news. 25-mile-an-hour winds are nothing after I've been through 75 to 100-mile-an-hour winds last year through a hurricane. 25 is nothing, okay? Rain, nothing, no big deal. But it's it's making something out of nothing. And uh, again, just uh, even though the Weather Channels is acting very much like the mainstream media, trying to uh, create the story that is not a story, but make a story. And of course, bring in more viewers and more advertising dollars. And that's what it's all about. It's about bringing in advertising dollars. Um, well, we got through the rain. We got through the little bit of wind. Uh, no damage to speak of. It's a joke, and it's over. And gone through already on its way over to Jacksonville, I think. <clears throat> and uh, nothing to worry about. Our governor down here, which I thought it has done a great job, Governor Ron DeSantis has done a fine job taking care of Florida's needs, but he's run a very lousy, lousy presidential campaign. That's a fact. A lousy campaign. I had this conversation with my friend, Back up in Indiana, he said, I thought, you know, I thought you said he's doing a great job. Yeah, he's doing a great job for Florida. But he's running a terrible, terrible campaign right from the very beginning of backstabbing, um, slandering, I guess, Donald Trump and the back and forth. Very childish-like and not very presidential, not very presidential. Not looking very good for Ron DeSantis, still in the game at 9%, um, tied neck and neck with Nikki Haley and everybody else's below that, which Chris Christie's still in the race here. It's kind of a joke. Um, Ramaswamy, I, I like what he has to say. Does he have a chance of winning it? No, but I think he has a darn good chance of actually being in the administration of Donald Trump. I think he might fit in well, along with um, um, Tim, Tim, Tim. It doesn't es- escapes me. Chemo brain. It'll come to me. Um, there's others that would fit in 
to his administration. Uh, Nikki Haley does not. Ron DeSantis does not. That's too bad. I was actually hoping for 12 years of conservative politics, having Donald Trump come in, go in and for a second term and bring in Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, basically do another Tim Scott. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Keep my brain. Tom Scott. Tom Scott. Uh, Tim Scott, sorry. Um, would be a good also choice uh, along with um, Larry Elder. Larry Elder would work out fine and fit in really well with the with the uh, administration of Donald Trump, no doubt about it. I think he'd fit in well. But uh, Katie, uh, Katie, not Katie Hobbs. God, I am really messing up today. Um, Nikki Haley would not fit in at all. Uh, from the very beginning, uh, her nasty side has come out. You know, here's here's somebody who gets a job as ambassador of the United States here. And then it's a good job. I'm sure it paid well, and I know she's made a lot of money after leaving government. But uh, she's shown no respect, no loyalty to Donald Trump. She's a backstabber. And what kind of person, what kind of president would she make if she were in office? If you see the negative, dirty side of her right now on the campaign trail, what kind of person, this person, what kind of president would she make? She'd make a lousy president. From the very beginning, you know, I do believe in character. Character really matters. It really does. And uh, she's shown that she has some very poor characters. My father would say, poor character. You know, no, no, no. You're not going to be a part of my administration, no doubt about it. So we'll have to see. Uh, Ron DeSantis, again, uh, is still neck and neck with Nikki Haley. Both of them have come together a little bit. It's interesting there. They lash out at each other once in a while, but they're coming together, trying to pressure Donald Trump into the next debate. And uh, my advice, Donald Trump, and he doesn't need my advice. He's got some good advice right now. He's skipped all the debates from day one. So why why jump in on number four? Four? Five? Four? Five? This would be five. Why why jump in now? No, you're way ahead. You're way ahead. One thing to come out of this is that you lose some ground. So don't do something stupid and enter this debate session. Just sit back and watch them destroy themselves. That's what I like about it. We can watch them implode, destroying themselves. And that's exactly what's happening here. And both of them don't have a chance. Don't have a chance. That's it. Done. Uh, he's done a great job. Ron DeSantis has done a great job for Florida, but on a presidential campaign scale, he has done a lousy job. So I don't know. Does he have a chance in, in four more years? In 2028, does he have a chance? I don't know. I really don't know. Do Because Ameri Americans have kind of a short memory. And will they remember all the nastiness going back and forth? During this this election cycle, here, will they remember all that? Or they say, you know what, that's just typical politics. That's what they all do. They're all nasty. They all attack each other. And after that, they it's like the, the World Wrestling Federation here, the WWF. They're a bunch of badasses. They hate each other. Then after it's all over, the match is over, what are they doing? They're sitting behind the bar drinking beers together. You know, is that is that politics? Is it the same way? I, I don't know. I think it could be. There's not a whole lot of... Uh, character. There's not a whole lot of uh, loyalty. Uh, it's a very plastic environment. It's a very phony environment, phony, fraudulent environment. Uh, I would think it's just the same as the WABF. It's it's phony. It's phony. And we get these people that lash out at others. And then, like, Donald Trump even got was caught at doing this, lashing out at Hillary and then later on saying, they're good people, good people. You Get out of here. You mean they're good people. The Clintons, good people? They're not good people. They're not at all. By the way, we are in the uh, starting the winter here, I guess now. The winter, weather's changing here where you are. I'm sure it's changing also. I look on the map once in a while, the TV, and uh, you got snow here and there. It's it's beginning that time of winter. We are in December. 
let you know that my health protocols are still available if you're interested in any of my health protocols. Uh, please email me at offthebeatenpathsteve at gmail.com. I'll send you those protocols over to keep you healthy this winter season. And if you get sick, then they'll actually help you get beyond that much, much faster. And included is uh, the sinus nasal spray for COVID. I am really pitching this one hard right now. Telling everybody, you know, you go to a family gathering, you go to a party, office party, do a little squirt of this uh, iodine solution here to uh, to kill bacteria, kill germs, kill viruses, and uh, it, it works. It really does work. You got to use it liberally. You got to use it quite a bit, but uh, it's better than the alternative of being sick and down on on your backside there for a whole week, losing income, maybe losing vacation time, whatever you have to cash into for your income. But uh, it's it's a good thing. I would use it. Anytime you go flying, I would definitely do it. Go into library with a lot of congestion, a lot of people. Anywhere where there's a congestion, a lot of people that could possibly bring something to the table here, you want to use this nasal spray. So, again, contact me off the beaten path, Steve, at gmail.com, and I'll send you that recipe over. It's pretty simple to make. All my recipes are pretty simple to make. And uh, I'm looking at them right now. I've got 10, actually, nine. And one is a, a religious exemption letter, medical exemption letter. For the listeners, for COVID, COVID-19 shots, make sure you're never in that situation. I don't find too many people actually being pressured now by the corporations to take this uh, this shot, this pseudo-vaccine. It's not a vaccine, the shot. I don't see too many people being pressured anymore. The, uh, the data is coming forward. I had a couple conversations with Dr. Peter McCullough this week. Some good stuff. New variant out there called JN1. It's uh, it's taking off like a wildfire there, tells but that's a lie. That's a lie. The question I had this week for him, I throw questions at him probably every week, and he's really getting good. You know, responds back, hey, Steve, how you doing? Here's, here's your answer. Um, wife came home and said she's seeing a lot more sickle cell disease. Turn my phone off. Thank you. Uh, more sickle cell disease in the hospital these days. And I thought that's interesting. So I called another one of my buddies who's a physician at the hospital and threw it by him and then later on, stopped by and saw him. We had, we had a little talk and discussion about it. But I threw it by Dr. Peter McCullough, who's pretty much, I'd say, an expert on, on many different areas of medicine. And I said, so what's the issue on this? Related to the COVID shot, how does it work? What's the sequence on it? So uh, basically what it looks like, it's, it's called a mass inflammatory disease process. And uh, what actually happens is the COVID shot produces a spike protein. And it triggers the immune system. It actually triggers an inflammatory process, an injury, and which stimulates your immune system to activate, which sends platelets to the injury site, thinking there's an injury, you need platelets. And basically what you get is a logjam of platelets and abnormal sickle cell, red blood cells, all jamming together, impeding perfusion circulation, which brings on extreme pain. That's exactly what you've got going on here, and it is caused by the COVID-19 shots and boosters. So there, there is correlation here. I'm figuring these things out as they come to me. One by one, we're seeing more cancer. What's going on there? Uh, something that's dormant. It's uh, basically reactivated to be expressive and uh, takes off, But especially when there's more comorbidities to add into the factor of this cancer being released. Uh, it, it's it's nasty. It's terrible. We are going to see some serious, serious death toll 
by the year 2025. 2025, we will see a serious, serious number of death. Um, it's going to be amazing. How, how are they going to cover this one up? How are they going to have a cover this up? All these dead people, all these morticians saying, I don't, I'm, I'm swamped. I don't know what to do. We're running out of freezer space here, refrigerator space here to store the bodies. What are we going to do? You know, and actually what we might see, what was a lie from the very beginning of the hospital saying they had refrigerator trucks behind the hospital with dead bodies, COVID bodies. We actually might see that to come true this time. We actually might see that come true this time. Those unguarded containers, refrigerated containers, which were never turned on and never guarded and no lock on the trailer itself that supposedly had dead bodies in it. And uh, we were supposed to believe this. Uh, again, you know, when you see something that matches what you're being told, okay, then you can believe it. But uh, seeing is believing. And uh, I never saw anything to indicate there were dead bodies in any of those trailers. And the tents they set up in front of the hospital for the overflow turned out to be little party tents uh, for the doctors and little hors d'oeuvres and cocktails or whatever later on. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it turned out to be. Again, the lines of the overflow, the hospital's full and the ICUs are full and all the floors are full of COVID patients and people on ventilators dying and tracheostomies, you name it. The, all the lies that I saw from the very beginning and I pointed out, but the mainstream media just love to go along with because, well, it, it aided, it, it helped along the agenda. They were very much complicit with the agenda, selling the agenda, and were probably getting kickbacks. I know that the government was giving, what, a billion dollars to the media to pitch the sales pitch of COVID being a real lethal virus that would kill people and it would be the end all. But I'm sure that the pharmaceuticals also kicked in some money also to help it along the way. There was a lot of back scratching on this one here. No doubt about it. A lot of back scratching. So, again, if you want the protocols, please contact me at offthebeatenpassteve at gmail.com, and I will get that right out to you. Well, we had an interesting week. What we had uh, talking about uh, Joe Biden, the impeachment inquiry here. Is it going to happen? It looks like it's going to happen. Uh, got tons of evidence, tons of stuff to really impeach him. Unlike Donald Trump, the impeachments of Donald Trump, which were manufactured and trolling and digging around for something we could use, you know, looking for the crime, don't have a crime, we're looking for the crime, and that's what we're going to impeach him on, we're looking for the crimes. Uh, this one here, we really have something on, on Joe Biden, we really have something on him. I don't believe Joe Biden is the mastermind and brains behind all this uh, influence peddling. I don't think he's the guy. I'm starting to believe that the other brother, James Biden, is the guy who is the brains of this operation, but he's not that smart because he's, he's, he left a trail, a trail, a trail to follow the banking statements, uh, texts, telephone calls. Uh, everything is, is all pointing to uh, a very sloppy, very sloppy uh, criminal enterprise here. Now, was it sloppy on purpose or was it sloppy because I've got everything set up for me to cover me uh, in the uh, in the judicial process here? I got everything to cover me. The judges bought off. Everything's they can't touch me. I'm Teflon, man. They can't touch me. Was it that situation or was it just sloppiness on the part of the Biden criminal enterprise here? I don't know. I don't know. I know we've seen a lot of. Uh, a lot of activity from Joe Biden and Hunter, and they just kind of thumb their nose at the law and 
We know the Department of Justice, the FBI, other branches have always been blocking and covering for the Biden family on their corruption. Uh, we're not looking at a presidential family here. What you're looking at is a family more like the Sopranos, a criminal, a criminal corrupt family in many, many ways. And all members of this family, all members of this family are, are getting enriched from influence peddling and, and the Biden name. That's, that's the product. The product is the Biden name and influence and policies. You know, when it comes down to sanctions, who gets a sanction, who doesn't get a sanction? You might get another $3 million here. We'll lay off of you. We'll, we'll go after this these Russians, but we'll leave you alone. So here, send us $3 million. My dad is right here with me. We hold a grudge. You know, it, it's so busted. So busted. Really is. But we'll see where it goes. Again, the system's still kind of locked up in favor of Joe Biden's uh, Democrats and the, the corrupt system they have in place. I don't know. Little by little, we're starting to see things thrown down to the Supreme Court. Why is the Supreme Court now getting involved in things? I don't know. It makes no sense to me. Now they're looking at They want to look at the videotapes of the January 6th uh, Capitol riots, or I'll, I'll just call it trespasses. I won't call it riots. There was a few people that might have been uh, violent uh, on the other hand, I probably see more violence coming from the other side, the provocateurs, the D.C. police, the FBI, more so than the uh, protesters. But uh, now they're willing to look at the evidence here, which may exonerate many of the January 6th protesters. And I hope this really does happen. If this does not happen, if this does not happen, people, we are in trouble. That truly means that our Supreme Court justices are all bought off. Maybe they're actually part of the deep state itself, and we are screwed. We're in trouble. It's, uh, it's great, what, 10,000 video hours of the truth of really what happened at the Capitol that day. And, of course, that was held from the defense, which is illegal, by the way. You can't withhold information. You can't do this. But uh, it was, and many people went to prison already and will serve, what, 10, 15, 20 years for what? Trespassing on the Capitol. I watch the forensic files once in a while because I'm interested in forensics and how the science is available, what we have nowadays, to catch criminals. And I'm hoping that the criminals don't really watch this too much and, and figure out how to carry out the perfect crime. But we have some great resources to find out who did it, how they did it, and to catch the criminals. But I find a lot of times the criminals, when they get caught, they killed somebody, they get uh, 15, 20 years, and they say, to life. And the next thing they give, at the very end of the show, they give you uh, that segment. They tell you what happened to that person. He may have died in prison. He may whatever. But they, they say a lot of times, you know, he served 10 years, 12 years of a 20-year or 30-year sentence, and then was paroled. So a guy who can kill somebody, plan it out, a true conspiracy, carry it out, get caught finally, gets 20 years, and then he gets like 8 or 10 years because he's on good behavior and he's paroled out of the prison system. Uh, but you can get a guy who goes into the Capitol, walk around with a flag, U.S. flag or a Trump sign, and he gets 20 years flat out. Off the bat, you get 20. Try to make sense of that.
Charles de Gaulle once said, actually, it's difficult to envision in this regard any other criterion, any other standard than gold. Yes, gold, which does not change in nature, which can be made into either bars, ingots, or coins, which has no nationality, and which is considered in all places and all times the immutable and judiciary value par excellence. So when the question is, why gold? It's simple, my friends. The answer to that question is simply, why not? Like it or not, precious metals will always be the world's reserve currency, even though nations do not define their currency by their worth in, say, gold. Individuals still buy gold and silver to protect themselves from inflation. The more money a nation's central bank pours into the economy, the less value its currency, the dollar is, which means the price of everything else rises. $21 up for a bag of dog food, seeing that the dollar is cheap. That's why the cost of everything goes up. It's because the buying power, the value of the dollar is tanked. It's worth nothing. And yet gold that your family would have owned in 1907 will buy at least the same amount of goods, if not far more. William McPhee once stated it's extraordinary how many emotional storms one may weather in safety if one is ballasted with ever so little gold. The truth about money, gold versus cash in a crisis, gold a valuable thing to store, the power of gold in times of crisis. Historical sketch of paper currency. Oh, and beware the ides of rare coin dealers and Alan Greenspan's speech on gold and economic freedom. How interesting. I'm going to give you gold and silver in five easy lessons. Seeking out the most efficient and most secure route to owning gold and converting it into widely accepted currency is the next best thing to enjoying gold-backed currency, my friends. In a world of central bankers hell-bent on devaluing our savings, you need to own private gold standard. Contact me, Jeffrey Bennett at Kettle Moraine Limited, by calling our phone number at 602-799-8214. That's 602-799-8214. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Have you all seen the White House video 
that was orchestrated by Jill Biden. I will never call this woman doctor. It's, she's as much a doctor as uh, Dr. Seuss is a doctor. Dr. Jill's a joke. Okay, PhD, stop with the doctor, okay? Forget it. Evidently, she put uh, together, orchestrated a tap dance, very gay Christmas video at the White House, all through the White House. And uh, it's quite embarrassing. But, you know, this is this is uh, this is where the Bidens are. I, I'm starting to wonder. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if Joe Biden is a closet homosexual, bisexual, if he's homosexual. I'm starting to wonder because, man, he really is embracing this LGBTQ. This video here, this uh, Christmas video at the White House here is covering two bases. It's covering the Black Lives Matter, and it's covering the LGBTQ all the way. It's quite sickening to watch it. Uh, we must be the laughingstock of the world to see what America really stands for. We had an identity at one time or another, but our, de- our identity is changing very, very fast. They are trying to change our identity. I refuse to change. I will be not tolerant. I will increase my intolerance. I won't be tolerant. I'll be intolerant and increase that. I'm, I'm tired of this. This is ridiculous what's going on in this country here. <laughs> we're turning into, they're trying to make us out to be a big foo-foo country here. And uh, we're, how, can you, how can you claim to the world that you're the leader of the free world? And, uh, you know, promoting other things in the world here, being an example of superiority in the world. How can we possibly stick with that, use that rhetoric, when we, we aren't nothing like that? How can we possibly do this? We talk a good game, but we don't. we can't live up to it. It's embarrassing. I have never seen the, the queering of America. Before this administration, even Obama, we know what Obama's about. Obama and Big Mike, okay, they weren't out about it. We know who they are. But he didn't push it, and he, and he is. Either all the way or bisexual, whatever he is. But clearly, um, he didn't push that agenda, but Biden is pushing that agenda. Well, I look back at sex in the White House, and it's it's nothing new. You can go back to JFK. I don't think JFK was stupid enough to actually have sex in the Oval Office in places where there were security cameras. I don't think so. I think he may have had little hideaway places. Uh, you know, maybe Jackie O was uh, Jackie Kenny at the time. Maybe she was out of the country or somewhere. And then, of course, the the Secret Service would cover for him for his little escapades, sexual escapades. We, we know he was a womanizer, okay? I'm not going to deny that. He sure he was. But I don't think he was stupid enough to actually conduct his business, his sexual business in the Oval Office, like Bill Clinton, of course. Uh, it, it's amazing, you know, Bill Clinton, his chubby intern, a stained blue dress with a presidential seat on it, uh, a cigar. And I believe uh, I heard that the blue dress, the stained blue dress, is actually in the Smithsonian Institution. Uh, amazing. Isn't that amazing? Children, gather up here. What's that? That's, that's, a, that's the dress of Monica Lewinsky. Who is she? Well, she was a chubby little intern that had an affair with Bill Clinton in the Oval Office. What's that stain? Well, you know, since we're teaching you all this stuff in school, I guess I can tell you what that little white stain is. But uh, it's amazing. Uh, you know, the Democrats, a long 
long history of uh, of this kind of activity in the White House. It's pretty pretty sad. What uh, came to my attention the other day, and this one blew me away. This one totally blew me away. It was on uh, Breitbart. I still go to Breitbart and decent site to look for information. Evidently, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. An actual video you can see on the Internet. Of course, they put the little fuzzy thing over certain areas. But evidently, in the Senate hearing chambers, a gay sex romp was videotaped to be given out as a Christmas present, I guess, to other gay members of Congress. The congressional staffer works for Ben Cardin, Democrat, of course, Democrat, of Maryland. I kid you not. Can they go any lower? tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach or a favorite song from the past or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To learn more about this amazing breakthrough, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. 
Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on long-term food storage in the rotating sponsors' banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. This gay sex romp in the Senate chamber room, it, the videos on Breitbart, it's, it's totally disgusting here. Uh, I want to see how they're going to spin this, how Chucky Schumer is going to spin this, how Pelosi would spin this. Any of the uh, de- deplorable uh, Democrats will spin, spin this as some kind of positive. I don't know how you could do this, but uh, these people are bold. They are bold. They will try to spin this in some way. Just saying, it's two men showing they love each other. I I don't know what's going on here, but here we got uh, the Capitol, the January 6th Capitol. That's a terrible, terrible thing. They they talk about uh, it's worse than 9-11. It's like these are terrorists breaking into our government here, trying to uh, take down the government. Yeah, what, with a flagpole? Yeah, no weapons whatsoever, so don't give me that insurrection and trying to over... uh, take down the government. That's not going to work as an argument. Stupid argument. But... uh, they're going after these uh, protesters at the Capitol here. But look what we just uncovered. We just uncovered a sex, gay sex video in the Senate chamber room here. And watch how they try to spin this or they'll just completely walk away from it completely. The mainstream media won't even talk about it and just discuss it. They'll just be told taboo. Don't talk about it. It goes away. It's embarrassing. So you're going to see, you worry about the Capitol being defiled by protesters like it's some sanctuary, for God's sakes. But it's okay to have gay sex on tables in the Senate chamber room. The double standard here, the hypocrisy of these people. Liberalism is a mental disorder. Progressive liberalism is extended beyond that. Extended beyond that. I, I don't know what to say. It's a... Uh, a crazy thing. Uh, the media going after the MAGA movement, any MAGA supporters, we're all the enemy. We're all domestic terrorists. And what part of, uh, of MAGA makes me or makes you a domestic terrorist? Can somebody please explain that to me? What part of the MAGA acronym makes you and myself a domestic terrorist? Can you tell me that? Make America great Again, make America great again. I believe in those words. Therefore, what? I am a terrorist, a domestic terrorist. Uh, I am uh, what, what? I'm a threat to this country. 
because I believe in making America great again. I where's, where's the crime? Where's the crime? Mainstream media acts like this is a crime. If I use those words or wear a hat or anything to say that make America great again, that I am the threat in this country, the biggest threat in this country. Well, I'll tell you what the biggest threat in this country is. You just let in 8 million illegals in this country. You don't know where they are, who they are, what they're going to do here. You have no idea. And we talk about, oh, World Trade Center, 9-11. Let's talk about that again. What a terrible thing we were attacked. Hey, you're going to get attacked again. This time, from inside. Those little groups that want to take you down are right now getting ready. I can guarantee you this. My prediction. In the next six months, in the next six months, we will be attacked in this country. Major cities, bombs, you name it. What happened to that 30 tons of ammonium nitrate? Anybody? Anybody know? What happened to the 30 tons of ammonium nitrate that left Colorado on its way down to California? I think it was Fresno. What happened to it? I don't know. Does the FBI know? Does the FBI care? It's off the radar. Have we heard anything, a follow-up story, of where did the 30 tons of ammonium nitrate go? Did, did we get a, an update on this? No. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's nothing. It probably spilled out along the way. It's on the tracks. 30 tons of it, 3,000 miles. Don't worry about it. Not a problem. Until something goes up big, boom. Well, anybody put the pieces together on this one here? Well, they say, hey, wait a minute. How did they get their hands on such a large amount of ammonium nitrate? Hmm. Could it be? Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Got a clip we're going to play here. Uh, we're going to skip this next break. I want to go into this clip here because I wanted to play it last week. And since there's no Monday anymore for the National Intel Report, I will. I stretched it for another week. We'll play it tonight. But I wanted to emphasize this clip here because of the food supply chain, the shortages that we're seeing. We saw a lot of it during the uh, Thanksgiving. Except those cheap turkeys. That uh, does not fit the, the supply chain shortage. Excuse me. But uh, it didn't make sense. We were told avian bird flu had crossed over from the chickens to the turkeys. One night, a chicken slipped over and kind of had a good time with the turkey, I guess. I don't know. But uh, the turkeys now were infected with avian bird flu, so you had to destroy all these turkeys, millions and millions of turkeys, euthanize them. We can't just find out which ones are really sick, maybe isolate them, maybe even treat them. I don't know. But uh, we'll slaughter them. So we should have a deficit, a shortage of turkeys. We didn't have a shortage of turkeys. We found turkeys to be the cheapest prices ever, 69 cents a pound, 99 cents a pound, which had me starting to think, first of all, you lied about that. Are you, uh, did you inject, did you by chance vaccinate any of these, these chickens, these turkeys uh, with the messenger RNA? Did you? Did you? Just curious. Um, I'm starting to have to question everything that comes out of the mouth of government because it doesn't, I just don't see it. It didn't make sense. You told me there would be a shortage. We didn't have a shortage. And now we have cheap turkeys. And what a better way to get this messenger RNA into your body through a food source that everybody loves turkey. Everybody loves turkey. Oh, I love turkey. Didn't have turkey this year. I was not going to buy a turkey at 69 cents a pound or 99 cents a pound. No way. I skipped turkey. 
did not eat turkey for Thanksgiving. So it didn't quite make sense. But this clip I want to play here, it's called Who Are the Who Are the Controlligarchs? Who Are the Controlligarchs? And uh, basically, let me get the actual title here. It's Controlligarchs, an author with a book uh, talking about Bill Gates wants to own your food supply. It's about 12 minutes and 37 seconds long. Sam's going to post it after the clip, after the show's over. It's definitely worth a listen and to re-listen later on and send to other people. So, Sam, let's go ahead and play that. Who are the controlligarchs? A few weeks ago, we discussed a new book, Contra Oligarchs, by author Seamus Brunner on Microsoft billionaire Bill Gates and how his dedication to pushing green technology might not be as altruistic as he was letting on. Brunner argued that Gates stood to gain financially by eliminating competition from non-green sources and forcing people to buy more environmentally friendly companies he had invested in. But according to Brunner, Gates isn't the only one who's looking to profit from the American people's generosity. Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, boogeyman George Soros also play into a plot to dominate your life. Here now to dive further into this story is the author of Controlligarchs, Seamus Bruner. Seamus, so great to have you with us. Robbie, Brianna, it's so good to see you. So tell us more about your thesis here. Obviously, these are uh, wealthy figures um, who support various policies, and we've criticized some of those policies in the past around, around COVID, around free speech. Um, talk to us specifically about you know, the green energy aspect of, of, uh, of, the, of the Bill Gates agenda. Certainly. So I work with Peter Schweitzer at the Government Accountability Institute, where we follow the money. That's sort of our motto. And uh, usually we're looking into politics, but uh, decided, you know, especially amid the pandemic, uh, to follow the money to the top, to the people who are using the pandemic as a, quote, opportunity. I mean, Klaus Schwab is the guy over there on the on the left of the book cover and uh, the World Economic Forum. And then you kind of get into Bill Gates. What's he doing? He's a software guy. How is he the author of our public health policies during the pandemic. Um, and so we followed the money. We, we saw that they, uh, in some cases, like Mark Zuckerberg's case, he almost doubled his net worth over the course of the pandemic. Bill Gates added tens of billions of dollars. Um, the rest of them did the same. I mean, Elon Musk almost quadrupled up. And so, uh, and that's not a problem. Making money is not a problem. The problem is how they make their money. And that is by sort of seizing control over the industries that dominate every aspect of our life. So we, you know, we talked about food. Um, there's also energy. There's also uh, transportation. And uh, these billionaires are different than the billionaires of the past. They actually think that their uh, wealth and influence gives them the power and the authority to tell the rest of us how to live our lives. I'm curious about this idea that they are different from the billionaires of the past. I mean, we were recently talking, for example, in the context of the East Palestine uh, rail disaster, about how uh, railroad moguls had lobbied to prevent safety mechanisms that they knew could prevent exactly such a disaster. And the lever followed up with reporting explaining how even in the wake of East Palestine, um, uh, oil company Occidental Petroleum lobbied to prevent further safety mechanisms going into effect, even though the country was shocked and horrified but we saw by what we saw in East Palestine. You had a story just a week ago uh, come out about how there was proof that the high egg prices people have been experiencing weren't attributable to just 
um, post-COVID supply chain inflation, as so many of these companies claimed, but that there was an egg-fixing scheme that actually had been in effect, a, a jury, uh, a federal jury ruled that just last week. So it does seem like there's always been a pattern of people who are extremely wealthy using their power to lobby for advantageous tax policies so they can keep more of their wealth and for legal changes, as we saw in the wake of Citizens United, that allow them to more directly influence our political system and lobby for policies, regulations and the like that are in their interest, often at the expense of the broader public. So what, in your view, has changed? Well, and, and, and to be clear, yeah, corruption is as old as time. And, uh, you know, the Rockefellers, for example, are a major uh, entity in this book going back to the you know early 1900s and, and what they're up to. And, of course, you've heard of Standard Oil and, and destroying competition. So what this book is really about is the centralization of the industries, uh, much much greater than we've seen it before in the past. I mean, sure, you've got competition, but just take the, the food example. So uh, for Bill Gates, we uncovered this strategy that Microsoft used in the 1990s. It got it into trouble with the Justice Department. There was the famous antitrust suit, and the strategy was called Embrace, Extend, Extinguish. And uh, in the first phase, in the embrace phase, uh, Microsoft would enter an industry, then they would expand their reach, they would extend their reach within the industry. This would be the internet browser industry. And, and all the time they would say, oh, nothing, you know, we're not making any waves, we're just kind of making a great product. But then comes the extinguish phase, and that's where they extinguish the competition. In, the, in Microsoft's case, it was Net, uh, Netscape browser. And they wanted to, quote, cut off the air supply. So now you're seeing that in a lot of other industries, in energy, uh, in food, where they want to extinguish the competition. And so Bill Gates, I mean, you played the clip uh, the, you know, the, the other day where he says the planet's going to be fine. That's totally different from what he's been saying for years. He's been saying for years there's a climate emergency, a climate disaster. This is why we need to ban cows. Now, the politicians who talk about these policies, they don't use the words ban cows, they say things like, use words like methane and reduction or something. But uh, that is what you're, they're extinguishing the competition there so that the fake meat companies, those provide the solutions to the hypothetical crisis that I guess Bill Gates says is not actually a crisis anymore. Yeah, from my perspective, so I don't, you know, you can disagree, Brianna can disagree. I don't care if a Bill Gates type figure gets to be really successful um, because he beats the competition and, and or they, they can't compete with him. I, you know, I don't I'm not big into the antitrust kind of stuff. I'm like, well, that's, you know, tough, tough luck. If Microsoft's better than everyone else, that's how it goes. But my where when I do get concerned is when um, these billionaires then have all this wealth and influence and can change government policy to either have control over our lives or to make the regulatory environment impossible for competitors or to get you know more subsidies for your industry versus this industry that kind of thing. It, the, the, I mean the word control oligarchs to me speaks to that kind of fear. We you know we know these billionaires get together World Economic Forum. Forum, Davos type things come up with policies like the ones that emerged during COVID, which which weren't which weren't voluntarily right, which were ostensibly for our benefit. But Joe Biden's administration ended up requiring um, lots and lots of people that they would have to get the COVID shot, just you know for for one example. And then we know uh, Bill Gates, you know, had invested in Pfizer, that kind of thing. So uh, so you know what? Can you speak to those fears as well? Certainly. And I, and I agree with you. To your point, it's not a problem just making money by making a better product that people love 
and uh, turn you into a, a gigantic corporation like Microsoft. The problem really becomes when you use your power and influence to change the regulations to uh, make the playing field uneven. And uh, so with the energy sector, um, the, the control that's happening there is, is, is sort of insane. I mean, I, th I didn't think it was true, but just imagine for a second, uh, you wake up in the middle of the night freezing. I mean, in the example uh, in the book, People wake up in the middle of the night sweating. It's the middle of a heat wave. You go to your thermostat. You try to change the temperature in your home, uh, but you find you've been locked out. The utility company has locked you out. You don't have control over the like the temperature in your own home. Uh, Amazon's making smart thermostats that have this capability. Google's making smart thermostats that have this capability. And so when their companies seem to benefit from you losing control over certain facets of your life, that's a big problem. And so we, we've tracked down every industry that they're doing this kind of stuff in. I wonder, do you cover some of the examples that come to mind for me uh, in the 90s, automobile manufacturers and oil companies targeting and trying to kill uh, electric car development or some of the lobbying that utilities, to take your example, have done to try to prevent people from um, buying and installing their own solar panels? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a huge problem. The fact that, uh, you know, regulations prevent you from being able to go off grid. I mean, even collecting rainwater in some places is a problem. You can't have backyard chickens in some places. Um, and this is really what the whole theme of the book is, is the centralization of power. And to your point, uh, intellectual property plays a huge role. It's really about the patents. I mean, the, Bill Gates did not invest in the fake meat companies like Beyond Meat, Impossible Foods until they had secured the patents on protein change, which seems sort of Orwellian or dystopian in and of itself with the, I mean, Monsanto's been in the book with Terminator seeds. Um, I mean, patenting foods and seeds seems wrong. And especially if you're working to ban the uh, generic equivalent, which would be like cows. So we, we kind of get into like, the, like uh, how patents grant an individual a 20 year long monopoly. And so um, with the with the oil companies uh, like Standard Oil and the Rockefellers, they have uh, taken this new green position, but it's only after they secured investments into the so-called green companies. So, uh, you know, solar and wind is really like the patented technology. Uh, oil and gas is like the generic. All of the patents in a lot of ways have run out on the way to get uh, traditional carbon sources of energy, which is why it's so cheap and abundant. But uh, the new technologies, those are all patented, and you can't really have like a wildcatter, uh, you know, scrappy young guy go out and strike a, strike a claim in an oil well in the uh, nuclear power or wind industries. There can be no Jed Clampett's, you know, Beverly Hillbillies in the, the solar and wind and nuclear industries. They're tightly regulated, they're tightly controlled, and they're becoming tightly monopolized. <clears throat> James, it seems like what you're describing in some ways is a kind of corporate capture that obviously billionaires, given their affluence, are able to, uh, to affect. So I wonder what you see as a solution. Um, the left-leaning response would be to say, let's look at antitrust, let's look at uh, caps on wealth, or at least a wealth tax, to try to limit the extent to which these people can use their money to lobby government specifically for regulations that are favorable to them. What, in your view, is the correct response to this problem? Yeah, be careful with uh, re regulations just because it can uh, it can have unintended consequences. I mean, I think the biggest thing people need to do is take a personal responsibility and their and, and vote with their dollars. And you know, you, buying local as uh, you know, uh, <laughs> simple as that sounds, and uh, you know, it's actually harder than it seems because it can be more expensive. But uh, not giving money to the mon monopolies as best as you can.
maybe starting a backyard garden in terms of the food uh, and the, and the <coughs> chickens and all of that. But uh, it's really voting with your dollars. Um, in terms of regulations, uh, I think we need to stop funding these public-private partnerships. It's kind of like welfare for oligarchs. I mean, a lot of these supranational organizations like the World Economic Forum, why do they need our tax dollars uh, to fund the World Economic Forum or the World Health Organization? Uh, Bill Gates has basically funded the World Health Organization, so why do we need to fund it? Um, so there's a lot of uh, taxpayer money that is going in the form of welfare to corporations that Bill Gates owns. Terra Power is his nuclear co power company. That gets tens of millions, if not over $100 million in uh, taxpayer assistance. Um, and if it's a profitable idea, if it's a great idea, then they don't need the, uh, the taxpayer's welfare. Hmm. So thankful that you were here and it, bringing up the intellectual property aspect of this. I think that's really important and, and undercovered and is something that both people on the right and left can be really um, worried about uh, abuse of that entire concept um, just being totally unfair and not in the social best interest. Um, the book is Controligarchs, and we're so happy to have you here with us. Seamus Bruner, it's been a pleasure. It's a good clip. You want to go to the RBN website here. Sam will put it up there a little later and uh, definitely watch it again, maybe send it to some other people. It's something we've known for a long time, you know, the World Economic Forum. We know in Davos, we know who's in charge. Uh, Klaus Schwab, we know how important Bill Gates is. You know, Bill Gates has taken on many roles, and this is what's, what bothers me, that a billionaire, evidently billionaires uh, are guaranteed, given many hats of expertise. And uh, here we have a guy that's a software technology guy type thing. Controls that, controls the software industry technology. And now he's added to his resume the food supply, the, the food choices for us, and having control of those. The farmland, getting control of that, also what's done with that, mainly being idle, held idle, and then also in charge of our public health policy and vaccine mandates. Uh, like I said, being a millionaire, billionaire, uh, actually grants you many hats of expertise. He's not an expertise in anything, but he's beginning given that uh, – that accolade that he is an expert on this and that, and he has no medical degree, no science degree. He's just a guy who does software. Not a very good job at that, uh, because that's why we have to have antiviral software, because he's not that good. He's not that good at securing the system. Or uh, they did it on purpose to generate another commerce that we all definitely need, but uh, I don't know. Phone lines are open, 512-248-8252. That's 512-248-8252. I want to talk about something else the media is doing right now. If you haven't caught this lately, mainstream media is uh, using the same rhetoric. They're all pretty much saying the same thing, but they're talking about Donald Trump being a dictator. Donald Trump's a dictator. He's going to be a dictator. He's going to do this. He's going to do terrible things, already emphasizing things that they think he will do as if he will do them for a fact when He's he stated nothing, what he's going to do. Other than his first day, he's going to be a little bit of a dictator on his first day because he's going after the deep state. He's going to probably get, abolish a couple alphabet agencies of government that need to go, that need to go, or definitely be revised and taken down and restructured, one or the other. Uh, I think that's a great thing. That's a great thing to do. But the mainstream media is talking about Donald Trump. He's the dictator. He's the dictator. And then later on, they started to add a little extra wording to the dictator. Well, dictator's not enough. You need something a little bit more force, a little more umph, something that's going to upset people. Let's uh, let's throw in the name Hitler. So now we talk about Donald Trump's a dictator. Now Donald Trump is Hitler. 
And actually what's happening, this is all a strategy here by the mainstream media and the Democrats who control the mainstream media, that basically what they're trying to do is activate those progressive left leftist lunatics out there to say, do all you possibly can to make sure Hitler is not voted into office as president. You've given a license for violence to activate, to use whatever means possible to make sure Donald Trump does not become president. That's exactly what they're doing. They'll use plausible deniability. Oh, no, we, we, we just mentioned, we stated this. We did not in any way encourage violence or encourage people to take it upon themselves to uh, do whatever in violence to uh, to uh, defeat Donald Trump and burn down cities. We we never said any of that. You know, there's very little violence going on here. Do you remember that? The burning in the background. Yeah, very little violence going on here. But that's exactly what the strategy is: is to uh, to activate that leftist side, those lunatic liberals that will take violence into hand in order to make sure assure that Donald Trump does not get elected in 2024. Um, like I said, I don't believe we're actually going to have an election uh, in 2024. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to see some major cities, some violence, and it'll all be my scenario that I told you about, the leftists that want to make sure Hitler doesn't get into office. And of course, Donald Trump will be blamed for the violence because they had to go to extremes. It's his fault. pounds of crime-fighting, political science-analyzing brawn. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti-cicada agenda. I'm a born-again traditional Christian, and my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my 357 revolver. I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. Call it with the anti-Semitic remarks, right? Just because you steal an election and terminate the republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the republic because we're still here i'm not taking the vaccine you bill gates there was a way forward still on january 6th what needed to be done is to object to every single state the covid 19 virus was the setup the vaccine could very well be a bioweapon the patrick and jeremy show Tuesday at 9 Central, and Wednesday at 1 Central. This is RBN.
the Republic Broadcasting Network.